0: All we've ever known has been the earth and its fallen state. We've had days to when there's been peace in our hearts, peace in our home, and peace on our jobs and things like that. But for the most part, all of our lives has been affected by all types of things that are negative sickness, disease, trouble, heartaches, and if it's not yours, it's people that you love, people that you're close to, people that you think a lot of, and whenever you do, and when they are sick and suffering, it certainly affects you as a mortal. And it's hard for us to imagine that there was a world that once existed, this earth, not in heaven, Not in the sixth dimension. But this earth actually existed in a time when there was no lonely hearts. There was never a sick day. There was no doctor's office. There was no aspirin. There was no pain medication. There was nothing like that at all. Absolute peace and happiness and joy, it's hard to comprehend, isn't it? It's hard for us to imagine in our minds that one day this place that we step out and we look on and now we see the very glimpses of winter coming upon it, the leaves gone, the ugly stage that our mountains enter into, the cycle of death, looking at our grass, the plants, everything around us, our flesh, shivers in the cold temperatures. We get sick from, you know, the different things that are going on and going around us. And it's hard to imagine that at one time, this was a complete, perfect paradise. There was no winter, not one leaf on the face of the earth ever turned yellow or orange or red. Not one mist that ever rose up on the streams that ever turned to fog. Or one day was there ever any frost on the earth. Never a snowy morning or a snowy night Everything was beautiful in such perfection. Not one animal died. Not one bug died. Not one human being died. Not one plant died. No death, no suffering, no sorrow. And yet to think that God by His grace is taking us back to that same place. In our hearts, I think that it certainly makes us to where we desire, I hope we do, desire for that to hasten and come every day of our life. For us, we think and whenever we hear about it, it's almost as if it is a story that someone fabricated and put together because the reality of such would seem so far away from everything we ever knew. Not only do we need faith to believe that there is such a world in front of us, but in reality, we need faith to believe such a world existed behind us. Because all we've known is all we look around and see, and it so affects every one of us, every day of our lives. Especially as we get older, the more sickness and trouble and heartache that we see around us and the more affected we see that people become by it and every day our lives are constantly under an onslaught of demonic oppression and the saints said, but yet we know that this is only temporary. This is only a short-lived situation. So let us, if God will help me tonight, You'll pray with me. Let us step for a few moments, if we can, into the world prior to what you and I know it. In a state of innocence, a state of sinlessness, a state to where that we would read about and hear from the Bible and hear from the message in and, and our minds. We can't even hardly imagine such a world ever existed, much less that we are fixing to move into that type of a world. And think of it, friends, we could be just a heartbeat away from that this very night. Notice this, the prophet says, the Holy Spirit after brooding into man, man come up and what a beautiful thing it was, and then God made the woman. Now, she was not in the original creation, but she's a byproduct of a man. It goes on to say, he says a few more things here, but just to save a little bit of time. She was the prettiest woman in all the world, little Eve. I can see her long hair hanging down. And let's say for sake right now, it was blonde. She had her eyes as blue as the sky. And she had her, notice this, her eyes as blue as the sky, and her sparkle was like the stars. What a sweetheart Adam had. Not vulgarity, not even in the picture. She walked with Adam, and here he'd come to where the waters was, and she'd say, Oh, Adam, that wind, peace, the wind ceased. And then she went on, and the great lion let out a roar. Amen. And Eve could not be afraid, for there was nothing in her to make her afraid. Again, in our minds, we can't even relate. Even if you see a a lion in a zoo, there's still something about it. It's humans. That makes you afraid. Now, I've seen him on the Serengeti. I've seen him <clears throat> in different parts of Kenya, Zimbabwe, South Africa, different parts of the world. And there's something about it. It's an instilled fear in us. But here, this is this is pre-fear. This is before man ever experienced such a fear. There was nothing in her to be able to fear. She says, Eve could not be afraid, for there was nothing in her <clears throat> to make her afraid. She said, Dear, what is that? He called the lion over and said, Come here. And he patted him on the head, and he meowed like a kitten. As I said, we need faith to be able to believe this happened. And faith that it's fixing to happen again. What, What would make the lion today with such fear? That the prophet said that if you ever get killed by one, that it's almost painless. Because you die from the shock now they'll tear you limb to limb I know that and they will they will mutilate and devour you if they have the chance but can you imagine your body being under such trauma that it's a painless death that you don't hardly feel anything because the human being is instilled with such fear but here there was no fear he called the lion over and said, Come here. And he patted him on the head and he meowed like a kitten. Walked behind him as a little dog would follow you from your house. Can you imagine that in your mind? And here comes Sheeta the tiger. So he talked to Sheeta, and then he began to speak with her, and she followed along. Now, not only was man not afraid of the animals, but the animals were not afraid of man. And the animals had no desire to attack the man. Oh, God. Hasten the day this will return, Lord. But you know, it began to get even in time, and the sun was setting, and he said, Sweetheart, we must go up to the cathedral. We've got to go to worship. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that even though it has changed compared to what it was then, we still get to do that now in our fallen state. We can't rub the lion, we cannot call the tiger. We cannot be able to speak to the animals and our children could not play on the cockatrice then. But I'm so glad we don't have to wait till the body change to be able to love him and worship him, aren't you glad? We can still go to church in our fallen state. Still go to church in our flawed condition still be able to go to church and be able to love Him and live for Him and serve Him. Where would we be, children? I I know I say it a lot, but I honestly don't know what I'd do without church. I don't know what I would do without my Lord Jesus. It's evident a lot of people can live a life without Him, but I'm talking about me. I can't live without Him. I can't live without His church. I can't live without His presence and His Word. I have to have him every day of my life. I'm glad I'm not the only one either. We must go up to the cathedral. We've got to go. Listen to this. We've got to go. We've got to go. We've got to go. We've got to worship. I'm saying this for you and I. We've got to go to church. We've got to live right. We've got to read. We've got to listen to tapes. We've got to have fellowship with the saints of God. We've got to, it's not an option for the children of God. We have to have it. We have to go to the house of God. We have to sing. We have to pray. We have to read our Bibles. We have to assemble ourselves together. We've got to worship. It wasn't a denomination. It, wasn't, it was in a great big forest. And they went up and knelt down as the sun was going down. And the Father came down. The lightnings flashed. And the thunders roared. But it wasn't a thunderstorm. And they wasn't afraid, unlike us, when we see a thunderstorm. And we hear the thunder, and we count for knowing, you know, the lightning and the thunder being so far apart. And we run from it because we're scared. If you've ever been struck by lightning, it'll put a fear in you, for sure. But yet for them, there was no fear. It was not like the lightning was a danger to them. It could not harm them. The thunder, maybe it rumbled with the voice of God, but it did not make them afraid. Notice what accompanied it. And the Father came down, the lightnings flashed, the thunders roared, and a beautiful, majestic light sailed over the bushes, and it come down. I can hear the loving voice of the Father say, children, have you enjoyed yourself today? I wonder if I would ask you that same thing tonight. How much of your day has been enjoyable? Or how much of it did you tolerate? How much of it was pain? How much of it was you sick? How much of it did you deal with depression and sadness and maybe you worked today and what you was doing wasn't very enjoyable. Maybe you was under stress and strain because of sickness or pain or something going on in your home or your family. And I would ask you, did you enjoy your day? You'd have to say, well, in reality, no. Brother Donnie, there was a lot of my day I didn't enjoy. I got up not feeling well, or one of my children wasn't well, or we had some really bad news in our home or our family, and we, we dealt with this and that, and we sat down to count our money and see if we could pay our bills, and we're coming up short again this week, and it wasn't very pleasant to hear it. So no, a lot of our day was not good. But Adam didn't say that. He didn't say, well, Papa, I'll tell you. I got to looking at all my bills and I don't know how I'm going to make it. If Father would ask me, Donnie, how was your day? I'd have to say, well, Lord, you know, I've really been under a lot lately. My head was hurting me so bad today, Lord, I just, I felt like it was going to split right down the middle. You see, Lord, it's been, it's been difficult for me today. You see, Lord, back there before I came out, I almost passed out. My stomach was jerking and shaking so bad, and I got so sick that I couldn't hardly stand up. So, Lord, a lot of it hasn't been a good day for me. But yet I've had some good times because I've sat in your presence and I've looked at your word. What would be your reply? Well, Father, I'll tell you, I've had a, quite a difficult day and I was under anticipation to come to church, but yet, Lord, I had some bad news. And, but Adam and Eve's reply was so different. Amen. Children, have you enjoyed yourself today? Papa, has come down to kiss you good night, and lay you down for the night, and a kiss upon the cheek of Adam, and a kiss upon the cheek of Eve. And as he lays his big arm out, and she lays her head, little dainty head, upon his arm, as a pillow. They went to sleep and perfect. Nothing can bother them. Father is watching over them. There's nothing in the earth to harm them. We certainly can't say that, can we? We have to lock our doors, lock our cars, lock our windows, lock up everything, not just for our things to be stolen, but just for our protection. Especially the age we're living in. You never know what in the world the people parked right beside you. What they're on, what they're smoking, what they're drinking, what they're doing. If they're hallucinating, if they're hearing voices, you never know. But there, there was no harm. There was nothing that could come against them. Nothing that could bring them trouble. Oh, what a contrast of what you and I are living in. There's nothing in the earth to harm them. Leo the lion lays there. And you can imagine, can't you, Brother Terry, laying down and taking a nap by an African lion? I wouldn't lay near one him in a cage and me on the outside. Would you? Why? Something's happened. Something's happened. Adam and Eve was on their honeymoon. God, by his word, had brought them into existence. And God had took her out of his side. And God had placed her there to be his helpmeet. And they were given authority over the earth. And they were now in their honeymoon. Their time that they were enjoying each other. And enjoying what God had given them. Oh, how long it was, we don't know. But imagine what it would have been every day of your life to get up and never feel sad. Never have a headache. There was no medicine cabinet in the bathroom. There was no Tylenol. There was no nothing to help you sleep. You slept good every night. That's hard to imagine isn't it? Slept good every night. You laid down. Papa come down and laid you down and kissed you on the cheek every night. You didn't turn and toss through the night and worry about this and fret over that and be so nervous and constantly watching the clock. There was no clock. Leo the lion lays here, sheet to the tiger lays there. He laid them all down. Father, isn't that wonderful? Then sin came in. It spoiled the picture, yes, but we are here. God's purpose has to be carried out. I may I say to you tonight, I'm not here tonight to paint you a feel-sorry-for-ourself picture because we are called in this hour. If God would have so desired, he could have let Carol and I be in the Garden of Eden. Or Jim and Linda, or Skip and Judy in the Garden of Eden. Or you and your wife, if that would have been his desire. But he chose for me to be here. And I'm going to serve him faithfully. That's right. Don't misunderstand me. I'm going to be more faithful in my charge than Adam was. Now think about it, Adam let God down, we are not going to do that. God, amen, God knew that Adam would do it, but Adam walked away from his charge and failed to do what God called him to do, but may I say it again, by God's grace, we will not do so even though the conditions around us brother the west are horrible day by day the stress and all the stuff that we deal with but yet by the grace of god we're not just going to survive this age but we are going to overcome this age amen hallelujah notice this let's move now to satan's Eden. this is one of my all time favorite sermons, anyway. I've listened to this one probably more than any other sermon in the message the years that I've been into this. But listen to this in paragraph 40. Now, it took God 6,000 years. It didn't take him that long, but he took that long. 6,000 years because we're taught that one day in heaven is a thousand years on earth, and it was 6,000 years or six days that God built the earth. Now it took God, listen to this, 6,000 years to establish it, plant it with good seeds, and to bring forth everything after its kind. Now we know that Brother Branham condensed a lot of stuff when he said those words. 6,000 years to establish it, plant it with good seeds, in the word established would be the laws, all the laws of gravity, all the laws of light, all the laws that would go into the earth of everything that would make it work to establish it. Then he planted it with good seeds to bring forth everything after its kind. Everything must come forth of its kind. All of his seeds were good. Amen. So it must bring forth, after it's kind, he says it over and over again because that's a very important principle with God. God took 6,000 years. Finally, when he got it all made and finally arrived with the headquarters of the earth in a beautiful spot laying east of Eden called the Garden of Eden. Now remember it was that Eden was like a state. The whole earth was like a country and Eden was like a state in that country and the garden of Eden was like a city inside that place called Eden. So here God again calling out, calling out, calling out. And God chose this particular spot to make the headquarters of the earth, and he called it the Garden of Eden. God made the world's headquarters in the Garden of Eden in Egypt. Right at the east end of the garden was the headquarters. So here we have the earth, then we have Eden, then we have the garden of Eden, and then we have on the extreme east of the garden of Eden was the headquarters. So we have the called out of the called out of the called out to the called out. And then out of there we have a chosen man and woman by which God gave them the title deed to the earth. Amen. You believe God still does the same thing today? Amen. And over the whole situation, he put his son and his son's wife. Over all of it, that's right, that's what God did. Notice now he says, he put them in full control. They could speak to the wind, it would cease to blow, they could speak to the tree, it would move from here to there. Notice now, the lion and the wolf, fed together and the lamb laid down with them you see what it is it was the millennium it is the prefigure of Isaiah 65 because Isaiah tells us the same thing will happen whenever the honeymoon begins again with Christ and his bride The lion and the wolf fed together and the lamb lay down with them. There was no evil. It was perfect peace, perfect harmony, everything in perfection. And when God had it under his control. It's the same way when God takes a life, when God takes a family, when God takes a church, when God takes a situation and has it under His control that God is able to instill peace where there was sorrow, bring healing, where there was sickness, bring joy, where there was sadness and gloom. Praise the Lord that's what God can do remember Eden did not start out this way it started out in an absolute chaos if we go to the book of Jeremiah when Jeremiah said that the earth was void and darkness was upon it as Genesis tells us the same thing but God turned it in to a paradise that's what God can do to our lives amen, amen. right in the middle of Satan's Eden God can have a little sacred spot there and one there and one there and one here and one here one there right in the middle of Satan's Eden God can have sacred spots where he alone can find that rest he will not share it with the devil he will not share it with the cosmos the world order it is his spot it is his place and he has sowed it with good seeds of predestinated thoughts and he knows what he thinks about you and he will hover over your garden to produce what he wants it to be Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It was perfect peace, perfect harmony. Everything in perfection when God had it under his control. And notice he had his world. He had all in operation. He had everything coming. Everything eating vegetations. Nothing to die nothing to be ruined nothing to be spoiled it was just perfect and over it all he placed his beloved children his son and his daughter a husband and wife to control it god was so satisfied And he rested from all of his works at the seventh day and hallowed the seventh day Sabbath for him. Because God looked it all over. Actually, it's 6,000 years in molding it and fixing it out and making it come into existence and putting the mountains up and making the volcanics push the mountains up. And the things taking place in the eruptions and dried off and fix it the way he had it. And it was a beautiful place. Wow. There was nothing like it. The great paradises of God and the great dinosaurs and whatever more crawling through it. And of the great animals, no harm in them. They were just as gentle as a little kitten can you imagine t-rex coming through paradise his big old long neck and his big long tail and his massive body weighing tons and tons and the other dinosaurs that was there coming through the paradise of God as they would look into where Adam and Eve were and there was no harm. The dinosaurs did not kill one another. Everything was eating vegetation. Oh my. God had it all under his control. Praise be to God. And those dinosaurs were as gentle as a little kitten. The behemoths of the animals that were there, my, the species that man no doubt has never yet even found by fossilized remains that God had there and the how the, the God by his own attributes bringing them into the earth. Well, I know some of you, if none of them, nobody else but Michael Bailey. I'll get an email from him. Will the dinosaurs be in the millennium? I don't know, Michael. I'm all right with it, Brother Jerry, if he wants them in there, that's all I can say. If he wants them, fine. If they only have one chance to live, that's fine with me as well. But look, what a paradise it was, friends. Where was it? This is now the honeymoon. It is the millennium. It was the old world time, the seventh day or the Sabbath. And this is why it must be lived out again. Because it was brought to a pause because of sin. Yeah. Notice the great dinosaurs and whatever more crawling through it. And of the great animals, no harm in them. They were just as gentle as a little kitten. They had nothing at all. No, no sickness, no sorrow. Listen, not one disease germ. Not one. But the Jim, there was no cold germ, no TB, no staph. I mean, all the infections and all the germs that we deal with every day of our life that's around us, they wasn't even there. There was not one germ on the earth. You didn't need hand sanitizers. There was nothing to sanitize your hands from. Do you understand what we're going back to in the millennium? All the germs, amen. Oh, glory to God. Notice the great birds swinging from tree to tree. And Adam could call them by name. And they would fly up on his shoulders and coo to him. And oh, what a wonderful place God has. You and I sit here and we listen to this tonight. Can you imagine how brother Branham must have felt if this was by vision or by prophetic insight that God allowed him to use the means of drama him living in that world of vision and I, you know you know before I, what was it 1958 I believe that he he preached about Adam and Eve one night And he commented about it the next night when he come back and he said, as I was there preaching about that and he said, I saw them there in the Garden of Eden. Some of these stories that you're hearing, he is not just dramatizing, it is a vision unfolding before our eyes. Hallelujah! Imagine how his heart must have been so moved, and you can hear the people at the tabernacle as they're sitting there, and your brother Branham is going in to this sermon, and they're sitting there just spellbound as they are listening to this tape. If you haven't listened to it, I'd advise you to do so. Tremendous. And you can hear them as they come up to it. As it goes to talking about the dinosaurs, a few of them kind of break out of it and start saying amen. And it sounds like Ben Bryant kind of laughing maybe a little bit there. And you can hear them as they're just mesmerized, caught up into what is being said. And when you and I sing, friends, this very thing is laying right in front of us. Do you understand how close we are? We may not be, but three and a half years away from this. Earthquakes are happening everywhere, you know that? Alaska just had another one yesterday, the greatest one they've had since when? 1964, after the prophet of God picked up the rock and threw it up and it came down and formed that, right? And that great dragon, whatever it was he called it, moved its tail out there. You remember that Alaska sits right on the ring of fire? Oh, it's shaking and all going on. Oh my! But I'll tell you one thing for the people of God, it's only another sign, it's going home time. Amen. It's going home time for us. We don't know how, we don't know when. We don't know the day nor the hour. As I looked at some of the pictures that was there from Alaska and the past Pastor in Alaska texted me yesterday and said pray for us because they're thinking that we're going to have another one. I saw great chunks cracked up in the earth and see how all of that thing is like oh rock of ages cleft for me hide us Lord Jesus and yet that was a small thing compared to the big one that will come when one tenth of the earth will fall in a chunk three to four hundred miles wide Whoa, oh my fifteen hundred miles long will fall maybe forty miles down and everything will be clean right off to the desert wow. praise Amen. be to God but don't worry you'll be enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb before the wrath of God ever strikes. Who knows, it might be right at the same time cycle when the earthquake comes that the rapture sets in. Oh, my. What a beautiful place. God was so satisfied. As I reread this today over and over again in my mind, I couldn't keep from thinking of a parallel of a human being when God has done so much in their life, and God has brought them so far from such chaos and turned the world that was upside down into a life of order and arrangement and accomplishment by His grace and mercy. And then God as always, as He did with the earth, as He must do with every son and daughter, God will take a rest, as it were. And God will back off somewhat and move you out from under the protection in the sense that He keeps every evil thing away from you. He must allow you to be tried. And when God rests, and whenever He backs off from your life, that's when the enemy comes in. That's when he has the right to attack you. Notice this, he says, God was so satisfied he just went back and rested from all of his works. Every tree never brought forth thorns and thistles. No berries ever come off of a thorn tree. Everything was perfect. All seeds was perfect. Everything was in perfect condition. Then when he went to take a little rest, His enemy slipped in with deceit and took it over. Listen how. By misinterpreting his program to his children. Don't you understand every false prophet that's around our ranks is anointed, Brother Frank, with this same thing? To misinterpret God's program to us? Don't you understand the tape thing, and we're not, a, you know, we don't believe in preachers and all this that and other. don't you understand what that is? That whole thing is nothing but the devil again to misinterpret God's program to the message people to convince them they don't need to go to church, they don't need to sit under a preacher. They don't need this. It's the same devil that was in the Garden of Eden, trying to misinterpret every kingdom builder is exactly the same thing. Every devil that will try to talk you out of your position in Christ and try to convince you you're not bride and you're not this and that and the other, God can love this one and God can love that one, but He can't and don't love you. It's the same old devil trying to misinterpret God's program of your life. But you've got to stand there, Eve. You to stand there Adam. Don't let you back the the devil back you off from your property the way he did Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden. But we must stand there as the children of God and say Satan, I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. You're not going to budge me from my ground. This is my property. I refuse to give him. You're not misinterpreting God's program to me. So what did he quote? The message of the hour. Yea, as God said. Amen. So what you want to do? Misinterpret God's program to Eve. And he did. Amen. Now listen to this in paragraph 60. Now he by this fall has took over and possessed the Garden of Eden himself. How many of y'all ever been in Egypt, natural Egypt? You saw the hands that were uplifted. They can witness with me tonight. There is no place that you'll find in Egypt that will have any similarity to the Garden of Eden. It is so changed. It is so fallen. Why? Once Satan got it into his care. The beautiful paradise of God. Those trees that were no doubt so bright in the fullness of the sun and the moon. They continually growed. Even though things was pulling leaves off of the trees to eat them in vegetation form. It was not in the cycle of death as we know it. If we pull a leaf off of the tree and it's a cycle of death, something was so special, which will be in the millennium. Cause in the millennium, we will be eating vegetation again. You say in glorified bodies, in glorified bodies, we will be eating, drinking, building, living and enjoying life. Praise be to God. So when we leave this life, where do we go? A saint goes into a theophany body. Can I have a little bit more time? Thank you for praying for me. In the theophany, we do not eat. It does not have a stomach in the sense of the way we know it. You do not have taste buds. You do not desire food, nor do you drink. I know it's hard for us to comprehend, but Peter, James, John, Paul, all the saints of God that have been in the sixth dimension and they've been there for 2,000 years, they've never had one drink of water, nor do they want one in that body. They've never had a grape, they've never had a biscuit they've never had one bite to eat since they've been there for 2,000 years. Our saints that have gone on and entered into the theophany, they've never ate one bite of food since they've been there. They've never drank a cup of coffee or had a bottle of water. Now listen to me. But they still desire to have it in another world. Now the theophany is the word form expression of the attribute of God that your identity was part of before your flesh was ever brought on the earth. The fifth seal the prophet said I sat there and then a voice said you've been gathered to your people like Jacob was gathered to his people. I said all these my people? Are all these Branham's? Now remember the people that Brother Branham saw in Theophany had actually died and entered into Theophany by representation. He was only there by translation. He looked back at his body and there it was 20 feet from his body. So if you can imagine it, the sixth dimension tonight is only 20 feet from where you're sitting. But yet he had not died So in the theophany, word form body, he would have known who they were. He wouldn't have had to ask questions. But he had not died. So his soul, the sea gene, whatever it was, that went out of the corporal body. Can you imagine? His soul left his body and the body was yet alive. That was a miracle within itself, however long he was gone. Matter of seconds, minutes, whatever it was. So he goes then by supernatural transport. And he moves beyond this mortal realm and God carries him into that place. And as he comes in, of course, you're familiar with the story. And they come to him and they start hollering, screaming, our precious brother, our precious brother. And he goes to this and he said, the voice says, you're gathered with your people like Jacob was gathered with his people. I said, you mean all these are Branham's? Now remember, because he was not burst into the theophany, he did not know all things. They knew him, but he didn't know them. Praise the Lord. Amen. All All these my people, all these browns? He said, no, they're your converts to Christ. And I looked around, and there was a real pretty woman run run up. She looked, well, well, there's about all the same. She threw her arm around me, and she said, oh, my precious brother. She looked at me, and I thought, my. She looked like an angel, and she passed by, and that voice said, didn't you recognize her? He didn't. He was not in that word form expression. So she knew him as soon as he was there, and apparently he looked like the young William Branham, but yet whenever she came up and threw her arms around him, and the voice said, didn't you know her? He said, no. Who was it? Notice he said, no, I didn't recognize her. said, you led her to Christ when she was past 90. Said, you know why she thinks so much of you? That's okay. Laugh at me. Ridicule me. Let the world say what they want to say about us following this message. Can't you see why? We think so much of Him. Praise be to God. Can't you see why we think so much of the servants of God that give their lives to bring the gospel? Can't you see why we think so much of men of God that God will use and anoint them to bring something and maybe we're a turning point in our life and we don't know what to do and God by a minister changed our life in that direction. Do you understand that you will have an identification with that man throughout eternity? You and that man may not be best buddies in this life but there will be something because God used that man to change your life forever. Said, you know why she thinks so much of you? So, Brother Branham, and whatever expression that he had, thinking, thinking, knowing, understanding, it must have been something is crossing. He didn't have a brain, of course, in the sense that we'd know it, but he must have had a, a mind and intelligence, something there, and he must have been thinking this by the way this supernatural being asked the question. You, you know why she thinks so much of you? I said, that pretty girl was past 90. Yeah. Said she can never change no more now. Said that's the reason she's saying, precious brother. And I saw it. You see what I'm saying? So, whatever was there, he still had the ability to think. But he was limited somehow in this expression in that he didn't know who they were and he couldn't relate, he didn't recognize the people and and see the people. But you can see why? In one way he would not know this woman if he led her to Christ and she was past 90 and she's about 20. There was no way he would have known her. But yet in his, in his intelligence, superficial, super anointed, however it was, I thought, oh my, I was afraid of this. Well, these people are real. They wasn't going anywhere. They wasn't tired of being there, which is unusual for a human. All of us humans is going somewhere and when we get somewhere, we're there for a while and we want to go somewhere else, come on, you sat on your front porch and you say, oh, I'm just going to sit here for the rest of the evening and then about 30 minutes or something you think, I need something to drink and then you go on out, I'm going to get me a little snack, I'm gonna say, oh man, I forgot we have to run down to Walmart, oh, we're always going. And as you get older, your body can't go as fast, but your mind still is. Some of y'all done been to Walmart and Lowe's and everything. Well, I've been preaching to you tonight. You ain't even here. Oh, my. Oh, Lord. They wasn't going anywhere. They wasn't tired of being there. And I said, well, why can't I see Jesus? And he said, well, now, he'll come someday, and he will come to you first. And you'll be judged. So these people are your converts that you've led. And I said, you mean being a leader, that I, he will judge men? He said, yes. I said, does every leader have to be judged like that? Gentlemen, you wonder why in the world that I get so nervous and so tore up about preaching? You wonder why in the world you, you would not believe the times that I have thought of getting my keys, opening my car, and pulling off that parking lot. You see, a person who wants to preach don't have a clue. Knowing what I have to answer for it that day and what I've got to stand for, it's terrifying. If God didn't help you, the terrifying fear would overcome you so much, you'd never even have the courage to stand there. I've got to stand before God and answer for you. If I lead you wrong, if I say something wrong, if I point you in the wrong direction, I have to answer to God for that. He will come to you first and you'll be judged. These people are your converts that you've led. I said, you mean being a leader that he will judge me? He said, yes. I said, does every leader have to be judged like that? He said, yes. I said, what about Paul? He said, he'll have to be judged with his. So those folks around this message that bypass the teaching of Brother Branham, and think they're going to stand with Paul, you've got a great surprise awaiting you. Well, I'm checking Brother Branham out with Paul. I'm checking him out with Peter. You need to understand what a prophet is. You ain't going to stand with Paul. You ain't going to stand with Peter. Come on, saints. Brother Branham will stand with us for this age, and the individual evangelists and pastors and so on will be subgroups that will stand out from under with him and will all stand there before the judgment seat of Christ for reward's sake. Well, I said, thank you, Lord. If his group goes in, so will mine. Because I preached exactly the same word. I said, were well, he baptized in Jesus' name? I did too. And the millions screamed out all at once. We're resting on that. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe that tonight, friends. We're resting on that, and I thought, nah, if I only knew this before I come here. I'd make people come here. They can't afford to miss this. Well, I look here and then said somebody who said someday he will come. Now in here, we neither eat, drink, or sleep. We're just all one. So they don't eat, they don't drink, and they don't sleep. Why, it isn't perfect. It's beyond perfect. Amen. Amen. It's not sublime. It's beyond sublime. There's no name that you can think. There ain't no word of the vocabulary wow. to say it. Amen. Look how he brings this in such a simple form. You've just arrived. Glory. Now, brother Branham was carried to the sixth dimension and saw this, and it was so overwhelming that he didn't know how to even describe it. Can you imagine when Paul was carried to the third heavens and he saw things that was not even lawful for a man to utter? I thought, well, this would be perfect. This would be perfect. And what are we going to do next? Can you imagine? They're there. It's beyond perfect. It's beyond sublime. It's beyond anything that we could even say or think about. And that ain't the end. Praise be to God. And he said then when Jesus comes and he judges you for your ministry, then we go back to earth and take up bodies. Why? You wasn't made to be an angel. You wasn't made to remain for eternity in a theophany. Glory be to God. We go back to earth and take up bodies. Well, I thought about it. That's exactly the scripture. Then we go back to earth and take up bodies. Then we eat. We don't eat here. Neither do we sleep. But said we eat down there. We go back to earth. Trust the mystery. Now redeeming back was him going home back to eternal life in a human body. Eating, drinking, living forever. Isaiah said they would build houses and inhabit them, plant vineyards and eat the fruit. Let me read one more and we'll cause. I used to have an idea that when a person died, your soul went off. How many can allow Brother Branham to be a man and grow in understanding? But when he quoted that to me, that if this earth's a house of our habitation, we already have one. we got to have everything in the threes to make a perfection. So there's one body here, that body there, which is the celestial, and then the glorified body in the resurrection. That makes it complete. It's not a miss. It's not an idea. It's not a spirit. It's a man and a woman, like you are, just exactly. Standing. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I wish, I just wish we could leave tonight. If he makes it any more real to us, I don't know how we're going to live here. Already in me studying this and going through the future of homes so many times in the last month. You just think, how can you ever be the same? I don't see how Brother Brandon was ever the same. After telling us about it in 1960. And every time he mentions it thereafter, plumb up to 1965. You can tell it made such an imprint on him. He would never be the same again. I don't know if it's affected you yet or not to where you realize I believe the bride will become like John was. After seeing what that he saw and ending it up in the consummation of Revelation 21 and seeing all the great things unfold right into eternity that he said, even so. Come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. But Brother Donnie, our loved ones, our friends, I understand. But I also understand some of our loved ones and our friends, if God let them live 10,000 years, they would end up being the same at the end of that 10,000 that they are tonight. They would go exactly the same. But the good part about it is, so would you. If God told you tonight, I'm going to let you live to be 5,000 years old. You can live 4,999 years of it in sin. And the last year before you die, give me your hearts and all will be forgiven. All of you that's born again tonight, you'd say, no, Lord. I want to give every year of it to you. Why would I want to go out there? What is it out there that it can offer to me? I want to thank you for praying for me for the funeral Thursday night. I want to thank you for showing up. I know Brother Lewis and Sister Linda so appreciate it. Your presence there helped me in the service. You knew I was so nervous, and I appreciate you being there. I personally think we heard from heaven. Amen. I think the Lord Jesus. You know that wasn't your pastor. You know I'm not that smart. Myself, I heard a series out of that little service that night between the thief and the shepherd. We've all been robbed by him. He's took so much from us, even after we've been Christians. I'm so glad we've got a shepherd that loves us. I've been robbed blind by him many times. I'm glad the Lord Jesus don't walk away from us and just leave us lame. He's there to help us. How many wants to journey on? Be faithful. Friend, I don't know how big it was. I don't know if the tract of land in the Garden of Eden was thousands of acres, hundreds. I don't know if it was a garden spot, a small area. I've never found really anything that would let you know. And I say that so that you can relate. Adam may have been given, in a sense, he was given the entire earth. We know how big she is. All of that was his. But he was to protect it from the small area that he lived in. God had the mystery of your life and my life wrote in the Garden of Eden. Adam more than likely wasn't all over the earth every day. He wasn't in a glorified condition. So he couldn't appear, disappear, travel as a thought. His body was still of atoms, so on the atomic level of time, of the universe. So it couldn't be transported in that sense. But from his own place that God gave him, all the rest would be subdued by his life. It's the same with you and I. Maybe you're just a housewife, just a, a simple farmer, a factory worker, whatever you are. You say, well, I can't control the world. Of course you can. But you keep your little house. You keep your little garden spot, your walk with God. That's your dominion. That's your domain. And from there, God teaches you how to live that life in control. And all the rest of the world out here is subject to the way you live your own private life. You understand? So you're not going out there conquering all the cigarettes, conquering all all the dope and the prostitution and all the politics. No, No, you're not going out there. That's not our front. We conquer all of that from within our own backyard, spiritually speaking. So why doesn't it overcome us? It's greater than us because it cannot. We conquer from our own home, from our own front yard, our own backyard. We are more than conquerors. So place me in my front yard, place me in my backyard, place me on international television. I'm exactly the same. I'm a conqueror and you are a conqueror would you lay hands on that person standing by you let's offer a word of prayer praise the Lord praise the Lord Heavenly Father thank you so much for your word tonight Jesus forgive my little feeble effort Lord it's was the best I could do. I I trust you can take what I was able to present, Lord, and make it a blessing to your people. Lord, I ask tonight that you'd be able to move on each of their hearts. I presented the word in weakness and infirmity. I presented the word out of human frailty. But, Lord, it's not that that makes the Word great. It's the Word itself. So whether it's presented by a great intellectual or presented by one, as Paul said, that He gloried in His infirmities, the Word is what gets the preeminence. Lord Jesus, maybe there's people here tonight or hear this service under the sound of our voice. Maybe one in Europe Lord, maybe one in South Africa, wherever they would be. Lord, they're so sick. They're so despondent of life. Just so many things around them, Lord, and they feel so overwhelmed. Such stress. May the presence of God move on their hearts tonight, Jesus. Lord God, these eagles have their hands laid one upon the other. And it's written in your word, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Maybe they're not sick in their body, they're just sick at their heart tonight because of things they're going through. May you minister to every need, Lord. Not only to the visible audience, but those who've streamed. May the presence of God go in their home, on their job, sitting at their office, wherever they are driving down the road. May the Holy Ghost come right into their car. Father, may you minister to them, Lord, what they have need of. Dear God, we don't believe what we've heard tonight is Disneyland. We don't believe that it's a fabrication of some old man's idea of what heaven was like. We believe you sent one and you allowed one to go up to that land. And to come back and tell us what it was like. Praise God. You allowed one that was born in sin like all the rest of us. You allowed him to go beyond the curtain of time and give us a little glimpse I don't know why you allowed him to do it. Luther never got to. Wesley never got to. Even when Paul went up, he wasn't able to tell his people. But somehow or another, we must have needed it some way. How many times has this been preached over and over again, and what an encouragement it is to us, Lord? I'm not sure your reason, but I'm just so glad you did. Thank you, Lord. For letting our prophet go up there and see what it's all about. And bring us back the evidence of the land. And come back and say, it's there folks. It's there. Later he tells us, I saw all of you over there. Praise be to God. We believe Lord. Lord. Our identification goes beyond Happy Valley. It goes beyond Johnson City and Bristol and Kingsport and wherever more would be from. It goes to a land beyond the river. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. God bless you, saints. As we stand here tonight in this building, We look around, the Lord's give us a pretty place, a nice place. It's not a forest, a cathedral. The lights that we see are LED and incandescent, fluorescent. It's not the beautiful mystic light that Adam and Eve saw. But the same Lord God that walked in that garden. Is right here tonight in this building. Maybe you need him to come real close. Maybe not kiss you goodnight. But just to put his arm around you. Just to let you know how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. Let's just worship him a little bit, shall we? Remember Adam and Eve went up to the cathedral first. And they started worshiping. Then Papa come down. So there was a reciprocating thing on their part before he come down. Wonder if it could be that way with us tonight, Brother Jim, that he wants us to just love him a little and worship him a little. And then all of a sudden you feel that same being that was there with Adam and Eve that's come near you to minister and give you strength and courage. Whatever more, let's sing something together. Hey, let's just worship Him now. But Brother Donnie, we're not in the honeymoon. No, we're not. But we're well on our way. We're already married, Brother Philip. We're already, we're already married to Christ the Word. The next thing is the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then we'll come back to this earth for the honeymoon. Think of it, friends. Everything that lays before you, as far as God is concerned, is wonderful. Amen. Remember when Brother Brandon went to Africa and missed the plan of God? He come back home with amoeba like that died. Went through so much suffering, so much difficulty. He said, "I thought there's going to have to wind up put me in the pest house." He said, "Got up early one morning to take a bath. So sick. Got up to take a bath to see if he could feel better." He said all of a sudden he broke into a vision. He prayed God wouldn't answer him. Asked for a vision. Nothing wouldn't happen. But all of a sudden he saw a vision. And he saw a being, an angel, reach down and pick up paper. And he threw this paper out. Whew, like this. And that paper made a pass or a walkway. And said, your way way before you is clear. Our journey may have stumbling blocks. Our human journey may have difficulties. But I'll tell you one thing, in the eyes of God and in the walk of God, your journey before you is clear. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to
1: sit at... Your feet.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Drink from this cup in your Thank hands. you, Jesus.
0: Lay back against
1: you, Jesus you and breathe. Oh Lord God, feel your heart beat. We worship you, Lord Jesus. This love we is bless so deep. It's more than I can understand. Thank you, Father. I rest in your peace. Yes, Lord. It's overwhelming. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The more I seek you. Oh, Lord God. Come tonight, Lord
0: Jesus, with your great presence, Lord.
1: The more I Help find us. you.
0: We're not in your paradise, not in your Eden, but in Satan's Eden. The more I darkness find darkness around us, you. sickness around us, trouble, heartache, anxiety. But oh, mighty God, you're Oh Lord Jesus, we bless your name, today, Lord God.
1: I wanna sit at your feet, drink from you, this Jesus. cup in your hand, lay back against you, Thank you Jesus. and be. Fear your heartbeat. This love yes, is Lord. so deep. It's more than it's I making, can, can understand. understand. Tonight, I rest in your peace. It overwhelms me. The cathedral. more I seek you, in your heart.
0: Thank you, do yeah.
2: down among us and pull us in so close and open his heart to us the way he is and reveal himself the way he's done we're the most fortunate and blessed people on the face of the earth for him to call us bride for him to open his kingdom for him to call servants who will put their very neck on the chopping block and lay down their life for us. We're so blessed. Lord God, as we bow before you, we love you. We're so grateful for your mercy, for your tender mercy, Lord, and your revelation where you make yourself so visible to us this kingdom that's so invisible to the world, Lord. You open the doors to it. You beckon for us to just come in and commune with you. Lord, you humble yourself so much to show us your love. You give us these great sacrifices, Lord. And I just I just pray that we have the wisdom to comprehend, Lord, that we have the simplicity of heart to just love you and appreciate you, Lord. Just, just to be able to bow before you and and love you like this, Lord, is so precious. It's such a treasure, Lord. Lord, the hypnotic spell that the world is under will soon be broken by pain and agony Lord and Lord you've opened our eyes we're not under that spell we're so grateful thank you thank you for your mercy and your love to us Lord Lord we pray for your servant Satan came against him tried to make him sick tried to break him down in his body Lord you gave him the strength to bring your word to us yet again another blessing Lord We're just not worthy of in our flesh, Lord. But we're so grateful that you love us so much. We ask you to strengthen him. Bring him back, Lord. Heal his body, Father. He's such a willing vessel. Please just heal his body and strengthen him. Give him rest tonight, Father. Lord, as we depart from this place of worship and we go back to our homes, Lord, we ask that you keep us safe. We ask that you continue to build the unity of love between us Lord, we know that capstone's being cemented into place. We see it all around us. We see all the answered prayers, all the testimonies, Lord. We see how even at our weakest and our worst moments, Lord, you're there holding us, helping us through it. We're so grateful, Lord. Please just bring us together again safely tomorrow, if it be your will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The
1: more
2: I seek
1: you, the more I find you, the more I find you. This love is so deep, it's more than I can understand. I rest in your peace, it's overwhelming.